I think that as nurses, you're so used to helping other people that when you need help, you kind of just, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it myself. I think those two are the main things is, yeah, listening to your body and asking for help. Those are the two things that I've learned over the last two years that are like super, super important in work and, you know, uni and just life, really. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi lovely nurses, it's me again. Today I am joined by Beth Browning. Beth is 21 and she is currently in her final year of studying to be a nurse. She's studying at Notre Dame in Fremantle here in Perth and she has a particular interest in cardiology and neurology. She's aiming to start her first year out of university working in the paediatric field and she was driven to nursing because she's always been passionate about caring for others and can't wait to start nursing full time. Welcome to the show, Beth. It's lovely to have you on. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's really good to have a student on. You're actually the first student that I've had on the podcast and I'd really love to pick your brain around your self-care strategies because you're just starting out your career and it's awesome that you can recognize how important self-care is at your point in your career because I know when I was a student nurse it was something that wasn't even spoke about I wasn't aware of and yeah it's probably contributed to why I burned out twice in the early years of my career so you're studying at Fremantle? At- yes, yeah, I'm at Notre Dame. Um, okay. So I'm in my fifth semester and hopefully aim to graduate by the end of the year, which is very exciting. That is very exciting. And you were just telling me you're going on a rural and remote placement yeah, soon. Yeah, my next placement, um, it's a surgical prac and I'll be placed in Broome for five weeks um, on the paediatric ward in the hospital there. So very exciting and very different to anything I've experienced before. So I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that's awesome. And that'll be such a contrast to nursing here in Perth as well. It'll it'll be 
something to really kind of get your teeth sunk into and and understand how different it can be when you're out there in the the remote location. Yeah, for sure. I've heard very, very good things about people that have gone remote. So I think I'll definitely be learning a lot. Yeah, I know it's not the same, but when I was a student nurse back in Aberdeen, we got sent out to the more kind of rural areas as well, which are nothing like as rural as the likes of Broome is. But it was really interesting to go out and experience that. And you almost become part of the community while you're there. It's it's a lovely experience. I hope you experience the same thing when you go up to Broome. I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. So Beth also has an additional part to her her journey of becoming a nurse and that in August 19, Beth actually suffered a stroke. So were you are you in your first year when that happened, Beth? Um, so I think I was, it was in my second year at some point. I think it was towards the end of my second year. Yeah, I was on a normal day. I'd had uni that day. I went to bed and I was just on my phone before going to bed, which I'm really not supposed to, but I was. I was texting a few friends and all of a sudden I couldn't type anymore. And, you know, I was, I knew what I wanted to type on my phone and it was just, um, muddled up words and you know panicked ran down to mum and dad and yeah I couldn't speak either I was saying words but it wasn't what I wanted to say so I think at one point I said like oh I need to catch the bus or I need to pet the cat or like something like that so and it was completely wrong and I just couldn't get my words out so I went to the hospital and after a lot of tests and being there for a week and a half they basically told me that I'd had a stroke which was insane to me at that point in time I was very confused and after about 15 hours my speech came back to normal so at this point I was spending time in hospital feeling fine apart from a bit tired I was feeling like myself but yeah it was this huge thing that came out of nowhere and they put it down in the end to the fact that I actually had a hole in my heart from when I was born that we didn't know it was there so I think that contributed to a clock kind of forming and passing through so it's definitely been an interesting uh year and a bit since then and the only real effect that I've had has been quite chronic fatigue and just kind of learning to manage that but yeah my main priority was getting back to uni and things like that so it was a big shock but I've been managing and you know getting on with things. So not only are you learning to be a nurse, you've also had the patient experience at the same time, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely weird being, you know, on the other side of the bed, being in the bed and having people looking after me when, you know, I had been at uni that day. I was doing my injection assessments that I was supposed to have them that week and, you know, all that sort of thing. So I definitely got the feel of being a patient and, you know, the do's and don'ts of being a good nurse and caring for other people, which I think is invaluable really it's I feel like it's very good to experience in a weird way (laughs) yeah I think it's a very grounding experience when you do end up in the bed I know the times that I've been in hospital as a nurse it's like yeah you see it from a completely different perspective of course you know you have to take that professional hat off and it is it's very grounding and very kind of humbling because you you understand how busy the nurses are, but you also understand that the patients have these needs that need to be met. But yeah, how frightening, going back to your experience, that must have been 
very frightening as a 19-year-old to suddenly not be able to to type and to speak properly. Yeah, it was, you know, it was just something that, like I said, there was no warning signs. It just came out of nowhere. And I think even when I was trying to explain myself when we were got to the hospital and, you know, my speech was kind of coming and going, you know, and I was trying to get admitted and explain myself. And then they were like, okay, well, eventually they took me in for, you know, like CTs and MRIs and like all these huge things that I'd learned about and seen. And all of a sudden I was just, it was a normal Tuesday night and then it was 3am and I'm getting head scans. So yeah, it was, it was honestly terrifying. Like I, I'm so lucky I have my family around me because they really did help calm me down in that situation. But yeah, it was the fact that it was so unexpected and for a while we didn't really know why like you know no one really said the word stroke for a while it was scary but um I am glad that you know I have my family around me and the team at um, the hospital were really thorough you know they jumped straight on to doing heart assessments as well as the whole neuro team and stuff so yeah yeah it must have been a whirlwind gosh what an experience to go through at such a young age yeah <laughs> not a nice one but <laughs> I know I really gosh. take the positive from it <laughs> yeah exactly I know I look at life like that too you know it's we go through these experiences but it's like when we come out the other side you can be a bit reflective and I think it does kind of change how you live your life if that makes sense yeah no I definitely agree because I know you mentioned not long like earlier um, that it's left you with chronic fatigue and that's something that you've had to learn to live with over the past year and a half. Do you still have to manage that or is that something that's starting to resolve? I still even, so I'm about, I'm almost a year and a half on sort of thing and I still do have to manage it. It's, It's a weird thing to have to try and explain, but it's just, pure like exhaustion and it's it's weird for you know a 21 year old to have to go and you know you have a day at uni and then you're exhausted you have to go have a nap (laughs) or you see friends and it's like the next day you just feel more than tired so it's yeah it's definitely been a learning curve for me and just really listening to my body and not trying to push myself and you know if I have to go lay down for a bit and have a nap then I have to go and do that and take time to do it otherwise the repercussions you know the next few days are just going to be 10 times worse so yeah it's definitely taught me a lot in that sort of aspect of self-care and like really I I know my body a lot better than I maybe did before and like learning what works for me and what doesn't yeah and that's key to self-care as well isn't it understanding your body and, and recognizing those cues when they come up because it's when we start to ignore them that we tend to let things slip and we're on that slippery slope down to becoming overwhelmed and and stressed and burnt out. But I speak about having non-negotiables in my self-care and it sounds like listening to you, you've obviously got some non-negotiables in there. What would your non-negotiables be? Mine would definitely be, like I always try and make time for my friends. I think socialising for me, is as simple as it sounds it really kind of helps me keep going you know I could be having a bad day or you know I'm really tired but I've rested as much as I possibly could and just seeing my friends really kind of like lifts my spirits and you know like I think it's really important between balancing 
work and uni and I think everyone's getting so busy at the moment that even if I just go grab a coffee with an old mate or you know go to the beach for a little bit and then have see friends like for dinner you know like all the little things I think yeah definitely that social aspect for me has proven to help me through a lot and you know my friends and my family have been great through everything through my studies and after everything that happened so I think yeah socializing bit but then the other non-negotiable of self-care would 100% be just having a nap (laughs) if I really need to have a nap lay down listen to myself watch a bit of Netflix you know like (laughs) I think those are the two sides of it that just has that you know helps with that balance yeah it and it is the balance that's what it's all about isn't it it's finding that happy medium that we um we all seek and you said something interesting there and that you love socializing and it comes back to that human connection you know that's what we're all seeking and we're all needing and it's it's awesome that you have used this experience to actually recognize how important it is to have that connection to others and I'm sure having all your family and your friends around you over the past year and a half has really helped you in your journey back to wellness yeah yeah having them all around you know everyone was very understandable even I made plans and then, you know, I got a migraine, which had been a bit more frequent or I was super, super exhausted. You know, I didn't have to explain myself. People would understand. So, you know, I've got very supportive friends and family around me that, you know, sometimes I feel like they know me better than I know myself and, you know, they can read me like a book. So I think that they've all really, really helped throughout the whole process of, you know, getting back to where I want to be at. And, yeah, it's it's been great having them around. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's funny when you say you think they know you better than you know yourself. They just probably recognize the cues quicker than you do because you'll tend to probably, if you're anything like me and like a lot of nurses out there, I don't want to say we're all the same, but Mm -hmm. we tend to soldier on and keep going, keep going thinking I can do this, but it's others that are noticing the subtle changes and they'll be like, is there something you need to be looking at or, you yeah. know, doing? And I think that's when you know you've got, like, real quality relationships. When people have your back and they can call you out when you are pushing yourself too hard and be there for you and accept that, you know, we're all human at the end of the day and sometimes we do just need some time out. Yeah, definitely. So... I created a model of self-care because when I first started promoting self-care to nurses, I realized very quickly that it often gets associated with like bubble baths and trips to the day spa and all these (laughs) amazing things, which I call the indulgent aspects. I also recognize though that there's four other aspects and those are our mental, emotional, physical and spiritual aspects. And I've even thought about changing the word self-care in the language that I use to something else because I think especially in the past year self-care is getting thrown around so flippantly now and you know it is getting more and more associated with the bubble baths and (laughs) the day spas and stuff but that element that I'm talking about that it often gets associated with I'm taking a real long way around this today sorry (laughs) I call Indulgent self-care. So what is your idea of indulgent self-care? 
I think for me it's anything that, you know, maybe you wouldn't do every day or you'd feel a little bit guilty to do if, you know, like you sometimes you feel like you shouldn't be doing it. So like for me it would literally just be having a warm shower and maybe laying down and binge watching some Netflix, like taking time to just do absolutely nothing if that's what I really want to. Like I feel like that for me, like taking that time to just not be thinking, not be doing things because I'm a big overthinker. I my brain ticks and turns a lot. So I think that even if I just sit down and I put myself in front of a screen, obviously not too often, but it just, I focused on that one thing. And for me, that is a form of self-care and, you know, you don't do it every day, but it's that one thing that, you know, you might feel a little bit guilty doing, but saying no to other plans and just being like, you know what? No, I'm going to just treat myself, have a hot shower, lay down and just, you know, be comfy and be a bit lazy. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, that's <laughs> as simple as it sounds. That's, that's one thing for me that <laughs> I find important. Yeah. Recognizing when you need to do these things is so important. And, yeah, you know, we do tend to think that they're guilty pleasures, but I always say they're necessary pleasures. You know, it's it's taking that time to nurture you and making sure we do that at least once a day. And even if it's just for five minutes, you know, it mm. can't be big indulgent things all the time but you know just even going for a short walk or sitting in the garden with a coffee whatever you know it's important that we do actually give back to ourselves because we're in such a giving role you know as nurses we just give 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 all day and and then we come home and we give to our friends and our family so we need to remember to give to ourselves too and yeah what you were saying with you know your busy mind Sometimes the distraction of a good Netflix binge is is a great way to just switch off from whatever's going on in your head. I know I used that as a technique before I got into meditation. It was something that I would do. I would binge watch Netflix. And I must admit, lately I've watched a few Netflix shows and I... I'm not a big TV watcher, but there's been a few lately and I've been, I got really sucked into one recently. What was it called? Um, Firefly Lane. Oh, from I watched show. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I watched that too quickly. It was very good. <laughs> so did I. I think one week the boys went to their dad's house and I watched the whole series that week. <laughs> I just come home from work and I'm like, Lena, this is not what you do. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I'm obviously in the mood to watch Netflix yeah. this week. I don't do it every week. So yeah, but it re- it was good. You know, I think when you find something that you enjoy and you can connect with, it, yeah. um, it does. It just, it helps you to just zone out. Yeah, but yeah, I do love my meditation for that as well. I must admit. So yeah, I think I need to, I need to get into that a little bit more. Have you I ever think- tried? I feel like maybe when I was, you know, back in school, because they started getting really big on that as well. And, you know, between study and stuff, they really promoted it. But I never, I don't think really since then I've ever taken the time to. I don't know whether I'm just, I don't know, reluctant to. I I feel like I just haven't tried to like (laughs) sit down and meditate. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting speaking to like, gosh, I feel really old now, but like you're the younger (laughs) generation. Yeah. I'm old enough to be your mother, which is scary. But um, I often, a lot of my clients are my age or older. You know, I don't often deal with the young, younger generation. So yeah, it's interesting to 
get your perspective on it. And do they do any form of mindfulness training or anything at uni? Not really. I think, no, not really. They kind of just briefly mention in different units self-care. You know, they don't really, um, I think we've, we've covered burnout and things like that, but it's never really, you know, you get, you, you get that support when you're on prac from clinical facilitators and they, you know, remind you about it. And so you've always got that support there and that constant reminder, but it's not really ever, you know, a full unit or anything. I guess yeah. it's, you know, they kind of also expect that you under, you've kind of learned by then what your self care is, you know, like they kind of expect that if you're at uni, you've got time to kind of, I guess, balance it. But yeah, it's touched on. Okay. Yeah. It's obviously changing because back 23 years ago when I was a student nurse, it wasn't mentioned at all. So it's good to know that they do promote it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's all, something I'm passionate about, obviously. And um, I think if we can all have some kind of mindfulness or meditation practice, it just. It helps us with the day-to-day stresses and strains of, one, being a nurse, and two, being a human on this overstimulated planet and environment that we live in nowadays. So, yeah, it's great to get your perspective on that. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I always say that, you know, as nurses, we should be trying to turn up as the best versions of ourselves because when we're turning up as the best versions of ourselves, We're providing the best care we can to our patients. We're being the best colleagues to our colleagues. You know, we just come with a a different mindset. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself? Definitely my family. I think it sounds like a very (laughs) basic answer, but it is true. It's even over the last two years, they kind of, they push me in a way that is very healthy and because they believe in me and they kind of know what I can achieve. And I think sometimes I forget that and forget what I have done or what I can do. And, you know, they're that constant reminder of, um, you know, you know what, you can do it. And, you know, they're always there. And if I've had a horrible day on prac, you know, they sit down and they remind me of, you know, why I'm doing it. And, you know, like next day we're better. And, you know, they yeah, they push me and sometimes it drives me insane, but <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's really important and we're all, we're a very close-knit family and I think that that's really helped and, you know, the rest of our family is over in England as well. So I think that for all of us having each other and being so close to each other really, yeah, it pushes us to be the best that we can and for me, like, be the best nurse that I can and, you know, get over things that have happened over the last few years. I know you've got an amazing role model in your mum, who's also a nurse, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, your mum is a wonderful woman. And yeah, that's awesome as you're going through the early days of your career to have that that support at home, someone who understands what it's like to be in your shoes. You know, your mum's been there herself. And, and 
to recognize just how far you have come. Because I think we tend to forget that. And I was reflecting on this a bit myself recently. I mean, the podcasts are year old on the 11th of May. And I'm thinking, wow, just in the past year, how much I've achieved. But yes. you just you get caught on the hamster wheel and you kind of forget. And and we we get caught up so often in worrying about what's lacking with us and what's wrong with us instead of actually celebrating what we have achieved. And I think the more that we can kind of shift our mindset into recognizing when we do accomplish something or we have a really good day or you know instead of just focusing on the negative stuff how do you feel about that yeah I think you definitely get caught up like you said in it and life moves so quickly and like even this semester for me at uni it's gone it's absolutely powered through and you know you don't you don't stop and kind of think you know what you've achieved and what you've done and you know what's happened you kind of it yeah, before you can even think it's, you know, the next semester and then you're moving straight back on. So I think that, yeah, having people around you that are like, hold on, <laughs> let's stop and, you know, think about it and, you know, remind yourself of how far you've come. I think it's really important. And I, yeah, I think I need to try and <laughs> reflect a bit more. I think they, they teach us all about reflective practice and everything for nursing. And I think that even just bringing that into, day-to-day life is really important just to sit back and just be like hold on where was I this time a year ago six months ago you know two weeks ago and just I think yeah I think that's important being able to sit back and be like oh I did that (laughs) you that's so true what you say you know that reflective practice but we can do it in our lives as well I mean look what you've achieved in the last year and a half you've overcome a major health setback and you're about to graduate as a nurse later in the year so and that's huge well done thank you <laughs> thank you I'm, I'm very I am very happy with you know how far I've come and the things that I've done I think yeah I'm, I think it's, I'm now really now realizing a year and a half on with you know thinking about graduation at the end of the year I'm like oh okay you know we've, <laughs> we're almost there Sort of thing, so. you're off on an exciting adventure up to Broome to experience yeah. a different way of <laughs> um nursing and yeah it's you've just I think we do need to focus more on celebrating even our small wins you know I've got a coach and she talks about at the start of every session before we even get into whatever it is we want to work on that day she's like right what are you celebrating and we start (laughs) with the celebrations you know so um and it's it's good it just changes your mindset instantly it's like this pattern interrupt for your thoughts because going back to what you were saying earlier you know about our busy minds usually we're ruminating on the stuff that we feel we haven't done properly or we need to do more of, or it's never, if we were constantly thinking things, oh, I did this and I've done that and I've achieved this, we wouldn't be getting ourselves so tied up in knots with our internal dialogue. You know, it's it's just changing the way that we think as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. You almost have to just, it's really hard to catch yourself in it. Mm. and learn to flip it and just to turn it into a positive but I think the more we talk about it and mention it you kind of realize it's like wait that's so true I do think about all the things maybe I've done wrong or what I could have changed or done different but you don't really think about like oh no you know I I did this and I did really well in that but 
Yeah, that's a very good point. It often gets associated with being like in your ego or big headed or whatever. But you know, yeah. we can we can be our own coaches as well as our own critics. So it's just when you recognize that you're going into that critical mindset, you know, just try and kind of coach yourself and reframe it. I think that's that's the key. Yeah, I think it's really important to, like you said, like be your own coach. You know, we've we've always got people around us that are like celebrating what we do and it's like, oh, you did really good. It's like, oh, I think we need to kind of remember to stop and be like, yeah, you know what? I am good at this yeah. or I can do this. Because a lot of the time, even when someone does say something like that, we're like, oh, but I could have done this better. Yeah. You know, it's the, the default programming. It's about trying to get out of that mindset. And I think, oh, oh, I've got so many ideas about why we do this. And a lot of it's external pressures and influences from the media and such. But it's just realizing, like, if someone gives you a compliment, being able to say, thank you, and just yeah, leaving it there. It. And that, yeah. you know what, it took me a long time to be able to just go, thanks, <laughs> instead yeah. of going, oh, but yeah. And, oh. <laughs> I'm the exact same yeah it's it's hard to sometimes it's as easy as that well it's not easy it's hard when you start but it gets easier but as simple as that like next time someone pays you a compliment just say thanks yeah and and just end it there and see how you feel yeah (laughs) that's for everyone that's listening not just you Beth but yeah, it's it's really interesting. The the human mind fascinates me, as you know. Um, we've totally digressed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would be your advice to any student nurses or new grads? You know, you're about to start applying for grad posts and go through all that process too. When it comes to their self-care, what advice would you share having been on the journey you've been on for the past year and a half? I think, like I said before, just learning to listen to your body. I think that everyone, especially students, I think we're so used to just pushing ourselves to almost breaking point you know you try and balance a job on top of studying and then you go on prac and you have to stop working for that so then you work too much before or after you know I think everyone's so used to just forcing themselves to do as much as you possibly can to kind of like stay afloat as such so I think that what I've just got better at and I think I still need to get better at in the future as well is just yeah being like you know what no I'm tired today and you know, I'm feeling a bit run down. I'm not going to push myself too much. I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to balance it and still get things done, but just not stay up till the stupid hour in the morning and cram this assessment. You know, there's so many people at uni and in the workplace that are there for support. And I think I was never one to reach out and, you know, get extra support. But I think that, you know, you talk to your lecturers, your tutors, your head of you know your semester and they are they all understand what everyone's trying to balance and go through so you know if you need a little extension on an assessment what's the worst that could happen you ask and if they say no you keep going you know there's just even the small things like that like asking for help um is a huge thing because it's not natural you don't you know even if you don't open up and share every detail of your life it doesn't feel natural to always you know ask for help and to reach out and i think that as nurses you're so used to helping other people that 
when you need help, you kind of just be like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it myself. I'll get on with it myself. So I think those two are the main things is, yeah, listening to your body and asking for help because I was, and I still am probably not the best at it, but it's those are the two things that I've learned over the last two years that are like super, super important in work and, you know, uni and just life really. What wisdom from such a young <laughs> I love this. I'm listening to you going, oh, my God, this girl's got it sorted. Yeah. <laughs> it may sound like I am still learning and, I'm, you know, I say all of this and I feel like sometimes I need to take a leaf out of my own book. But in, in the whole, those are things that, I'm, you know, I've learned to get better at. But you've recognized them, you know, and I think that let's start with the listening to your body our body's always giving us clues. You know, it's always giving us some kind of feedback as to what's going on. Obviously, tiredness is one. We can often get, you know, your skin gets dry or you get really thirsty, you know, you're dehydrated. You know, there's so many different ways it's speaking to us and we need to get more savvy at listening to them and understanding them. And, mm. and that's another benefit of mindfulness-based meditation is that it encourages you to scan your body at the start of the meditation to recognize where there could be any discomfort mm -hmm. and to kind of look further into that or think about why that could be, you know. And the other part you said there, the asking for help, that is so true. And you nailed it when you said, you know, nurses were used to helping others. We, we forget to actually ask for help ourselves. And I think, I don't know if you've ever heard of the doctor, Brené Brown. You have heard of her. I think, I, I just sounds familiar. I'm not sure if I have a... She's got one of the most watched TED Talks ever. I, mean, um, I think I might have seen that, actually. Yeah, The Power yeah. of Vulnerability. And yeah, it's, I'll put the link to the TED talk in the show notes, but yeah, she is an incredible woman and definitely worth looking up, but she talks a lot about vulnerability. And I think that is part of why we don't like asking for help because we don't want to be vulnerable. And we, we feel like if we're asking for help that we're failing somehow where we're not, like you said, you know, you're a student, you're, you're working, you've got a life as well, you're trying to study. It's, it's crazy. And I remember those days too, you know, I had a job in a bar at the weekends. And back then, nursing was 40 hours contact a week. So, you know, there was, you couldn't work during the week, you had to use your weekends. And I worked in a bar. And yeah, it was just, I was fortunate enough because my, my mum had died when I was a year into my training. I stayed at home. And um, so I didn't have to worry about all the bills and stuff because I was living with my parents. But yeah, I can't imagine the pressure that would be on student nurses today. It's juggling everything and making a living as well as studying and as yeah. you say you know Pratt comes along you have to put work on hold so you're always having to have enough in the bank to keep you going while you are on Pratt. and yeah it's 
it's so important to ask for help when you need it. And there's lots of help out there. Like Beth said, you know, there's lots of resources at uni. And there is also um, nurse and midwife support. Their link is in the show notes, as always. They have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week helpline that is confidential and anonymous, and it's run by nurses for nurses. So if you ever feel like you're getting really stressed with the nursing aspect of life, um, they have a free phone number that I'll put in the show notes that you can reach out to. That's amazing that they do that. Yeah, it's it's an, an amazing service, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome that they they offer that. But not a lot of nurses seem to be aware of it as far as I know. So I'm trying to promote it as much as I can because Mark and his team are wonderful, wonderful nurses. And between them, oh, he told me it's like hundreds of years of service as nurses, you know, so, you know, they get it and they're all trained in counselling as well. So and it's completely anonymous and confidential. So you can call them up and have a chat and they understand what it's like to be a nurse. And yeah, you remain anonymous so you can hopefully get the help or advice that you need. Oh, wow. So, yeah, getting back to the asking for help, it's so important. And even if it's asking your family for help, you know, or like there's so many different ways. But, yeah, don't be scared to. It's okay to need help sometimes. It has been wonderful chatting to you, Beth, and to getting your perspective on nursing as a student and recovering from your stroke. Thank you. It's been so nice to be here and you know I love everything that you're doing as well. So yeah, it's been great to chat. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I just love what I do. I love having all these amazing conversations with wonderful nurses <laughs> um, <laughs> and I get to do it regularly. It's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to share before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think just, yeah, those two things that like I said, asking for help and listening to your body I think those are just two important takeaways but um yeah nothing else really and they are very important takeaways I think you (laughs) nailed it earlier so yeah thank you so much for sharing those wise words everyone out there listening remember listen to your body and don't be afraid to ask for help I'm wishing you all the best with the rest of your studies. Have a fabulous time up in Broome. I'm sure you're going to absolutely love it. I look forward to hearing all about it. And, yeah, good luck on that grad job for next year too. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.